You are listening to the Noisy Narratives podcast, a podcast produced by the Women of First Ministries at Frisco First Baptist Church in Frisco, Texas. Here at Noisy Narratives, we like to cut through the noise of our stories and get to the heart of what really matters. We hope you are blessed by what we share. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't it amazing? Um, this is Debbie Vallejo, and you're actually listening to, we'll call this a special edition of the Noisy Narratives podcast. Um, Christy had a great idea for us to maybe sit down and just share um, briefly um, text, the um, birth of Jesus, which is super important this time of year, obviously. Um, so we're going to talk about a minute why we decided to do this real fast, and then we're going to go through some prophetic text first in the Old Testament and link it, link it, (laughs) not leak it, link it to um, the New Testament text about um, the birth of Jesus. So, Christy, what was your thinking on this? You kind of brought this up um, actually yesterday. yesterday. (laughs) So we are, yeah, we are. That's how we roll. That is how we roll. Sometimes, Um, not always, but yes. Yeah, it's true. I I don't know, about a, about two weeks ago, actually, it was laid on my heart. And I was like, you know what? We have a platform for people to hear God's word. And we do talk about God's word um, and our opinions and thoughts and life. But I don't know if we – it would be awesome to read God's word, just read the story of Jesus being born to people that may have never heard it, that don't take time to read it. Maybe you're in a time of your life where you don't read – the story from Matthew or from Luke, because you don't have little people, you don't have grandkids, your husband doesn't want to hear it, and so you just don't, or you're just in a funk and you don't want to read it. And so sometimes it's easier to be Christmas shopping or grocery shopping, and you can just listen to it. Um, so that's kind of where my heart was. And I almost didn't ask yesterday, which is so funny, because that's totally what I do sometimes is I panic. Like, God gives me an idea, and I'm like, mm, <laughs> I don't know, Lord. <laughs> It's a lot of work or time or just putting ourselves out there. And then yesterday I saw you. And I even had a conversation with the Lord of, okay, if I see Debbie, I'll mention it to her. Yeah. And then I saw you yeah. and I was like, no. dang, now it, Lord, why did you put her in my bag? <laughs> so then you were talking to Amy and I was like, okay, I'm going to ask her. So thank, thank you for saying yes. So I'm well, excited. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I think it was a great idea. Um, but everything got my way. Even like we were texting the night before and you were like, I am slammed. I'm, and I'm like, see, she's busy, Lord. Like, I can't ask her. Like, all that runs through my head when yeah. these things come up. So I thought it was kind of funny. Well, and I have to remember, too. I mean, it was a good reminder to me because I'm like, number one, it's a great idea. But number two, um, we are all busy, but not for this. I right. mean, you know, yeah. uh, I want to read the Bible anyway. So let's just kill two birds with <laughs> one stone. Right. Exactly. <laughs> let's just do uh-huh. it together yeah. and share it with everyone else. So we do hope um, that as you're listening, you're blessed today by um, just this special podcast as we just kind of do some um, what feels basic to us sometimes if we've been believers to for a while. I think it's good just to say that, too. It can feel basic, but mm-hmm. I think digging into it um, more just intentionally more helps us to remember how not basic it is mm-hmm. and how amazing it is that we have a savior mm-hmm. um, that came and gave his life to us, but with a purpose um, lived in humanity and that 
God knew it all along, as we'll see in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. This was God's plan. So, And I think um, it's important, too, that we open the Bible and we read it and we listen to it. Yes. Versus taking it from the pulpit, taking it from a commentary. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I think we yeah. kind of forget how important what God calls us to do. He's in the Word. Like, this yeah. is His Word. Mm-hmm. This is His, his words. Mm-hmm. And that we need to dwell on that. Yeah. And what He's chosen out of all the life that you, the people in this book had— these are the things he chose to share of that life. That's mm-hmm. how important these are. Because, I mean, Jesus did ministry for a long time, and the passages in the Gospels are a snapshot of that. It's yeah. not the totality, the whole, but that's how important all this is, because mm-hmm. this is what God has chosen to share. Mm-hmm. And, and you so, bring up a point. There's four Gospels. Yeah. And two of the four give the, give the account of Jesus being born. That's right. And so that's what we're going to do today. We'll read Matthew and Luke kind of towards the end. Mm-hmm. But... We kind of want to break it apart for y'all, too, so you understand the differences and the importance of the Old Testament. I'm a huge Old Testament fan. I love the Old Testament. I could live in the Old Testament. It just shows his nature and his character. Like, if you want to know who somebody is, read the Old Testament. Like, you see see why he says things or why he gives words to Paul in the New Testament because it's affirming and confirming what he did and actions in the Old Testament. And that just blows my mind. He just sets us up. Like his love for us is so grand that he knows that we're going to read it 2,000 years later and go, wow, if you wonder why he did this, I'll, I'll show you why. Go back right. to First Samuel. Go back to Esther. Go back to whatever. Even setting up the feasts and everything. Like it's all for a reason. And the timing is coming and it's getting closer and closer that it's all going to line up. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the verse in front of me, but people are going to deny it. They're not going to believe it. Um, oh, that's what it was. It's Psalms. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter I will utter, it's early in the morning, so I'm going to have a hard yeah. time with words. I will utter h- hidden things, things from old, things we have heard and know things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and his wonders he has done. And I think you can only tell the next generation of the amazing deeds if you know the Old Testament, too. Yeah. Because that's where the deeds are. Yeah. So, just went on my rant, so we're done now. Okay. <laughs> we're done. I love the Old Testament, too, but probably for different reasons. But What is your yeah. reason? I like it because it points to what a mess we are in our need for a Savior. So mm. then the Gospels mm-hmm. just shows us how often we get wrong, mm-hmm. um, how we're supposed to be influencing the world, yeah. and how we have to remember the servanthood of Jesus, um, the fact that God became a human like humbled himself in that way mm-hmm. to me is very humbling. I think the Old Testament a lot of time focuses on the might and the power and the glory mm-hmm. of God. Um, and I feel like the New Testament, the Gospels, demonstrates how that might and that power is used in a way that loves us incredibly, incredibly well. Um, but um, also just in a way we would never expect. Right. We would not think of. It's yes. not, it would not have, in our humanness, we have, would not have thought of someone giving up their life. We would have thought mm-hmm. they would come and take control. Mm-hmm. Of and come in on a fancy yes. horse or something, yes. not a donkey. So I love those conversations Jesus has in the New Testament yes. where he's like correcting people's view of power mm-hmm. and authority and what that means. And the older I get, um, the more I just love that nuance of the old and the new, yeah. the old covenant and then the new covenant mm-hmm. and those different parts of God's character. Yeah. So anyway, that's that that's my thing. But yeah. um, 
But all good reasons, all good reasons to love the Bible. <laughs> Absolutely. We all have our thing, yeah. our moment. And I think you even said it too. It shows God's power and his sovereignty and his love. And to your point, it goes back because the only way he can do that is because we're a bunch of idiots roaming around right. the wilderness, right. not thankful for anything that is given to us. Yeah. And we make the same mistakes over and over we again. Do. And we um, make them the same mistakes. They're made in the New Testament too. It's yeah. just Jesus has a, is, there's a different way of addressing them. Yeah. In the in the new covenant, yeah. so and that's where anyway. grace and mercy and love yes. come in more that you the see to the spirit, yeah, and Jesus is for sure. good news. Okay, so Matthew and Luke have the same; they have elements of the sameness. Matthew um, was written to the Jews, and the Jews love genealogy. Luke, yes, not so much written to the Jews, but written knowing that Jews would see it and read it and understand it. But so he does confirm the genealogy as well. But do you want to share with us the scriptures that show in the Old Testament, yes. the genealogy part? That is pretty, it is amazing it because is. Jews love lineage. They love history that is so important to them. Um, you know, it shows where their kings come from. They want to know that they have a king and that he is a part of their chosen race, their chosen people. And um, Matthew confirms that. But then the Old Testament is what shows it. So you want to share with us those? Sure. Okay. So Genesis 12, 3 talks mm-hmm. about how Jesus was from the line of Abraham. Or the Savior will be from the line of Abraham. Genesis 17 talks about um, being from the line of Isaac. Genesis 28, 14 talks about being from the line of Jacob. Genesis 49, 8 through 12 talks about being from the line of Judah. Isaiah 11, 1 talks about being from the line of Jesse. And Isaiah 9, 7 and Jeremiah 23, 5 talk about being from the line of David. Hmm. And we'll see the entirety of that fulfillment of the lineage of the genealogy, right, when we meet, when we read Matthew and Luke. But doesn't Luke um, all the, go all the way back to Adam, too? Yeah, Luke does. In Luke, Luke 1. Goes, yeah. In Luke 1, um, You know, we talk about Luke 2 a lot, right? Because we talk about Luke 2 because that's where you get kind of the Christmas story, for lack of a better word. Yeah. But um, he does. Luke 2 goes. Yeah. I think he ends in Luke. It says the son of, it goes Methuselah, son of Enoch, son of Jared, all the way back. And it ends with son of Seth and then son of Adam and then son of God. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between the two. I thought that was super cool. How he goes all the way to Adam, where Matthew goes all the way to Abraham. Like, you can't, there's no doubt here. I'm tracing all the way back to Adam. I know yeah. we're all from Adam, but I'm just going to say just it. Just going to make sure. <laughs> say, well, and I think, I too, that. I mean, Luke was a doctor. Mm-hmm. Luke, to me, had a different feel with how he wrote and why he Absolutely. wrote. And he was writing to people, I feel like, who may not have understood mm-hmm. even the lineage from mm-hmm. Adam. Right. So he's, no, like, making sure, hey, you people reading me. I'm going to take, I know that mm-hmm. your background may not have all this understanding of mm-hmm. previous prophecy. I'm going to take this all the way back for mm-hmm. you, um, which I think is cool, too, because that tells you that God was writing for audiences for all of humanity in different ways right. to address everybody where they were. Mm-hmm. So. so that's his lineage. And then yes. he also promises a kind of our first sign or insight that a Savior is going to be born or going to come is in Genesis 3.15. Um, where he pretty much tells the Savior we're born of a woman, and he would defeat Satan to redeem humanity, which is amazing. Yeah. But a lot of people miss that part Mm -hmm. all the way back in Genesis 3. 
So that's kind of our first sign of a Savior coming and that we need a Savior. Yeah. Dr. The Fall. So a Savior is coming. Um, Isaiah 30 talks about a Messiah is going to be sent to us to preach about repentance, which we know he does. Um, Isaiah 9, 6. You want me to just read that yeah, one? Yeah, do that one. For to us, a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mm, That's Isaiah 9, 6. Mm -hmm. I like Samuel 7, 12 through 13, but verse 12 says, When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. Your own flesh and blood, I will establish his kingdom. And then he goes, he is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom for forever, eternity. I love that. Forever. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 61.1 says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. And then when Jesus is here, he speaks about himself in Luke 4. 418, he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. So that's Jesus even talking about from Isaiah and everywhere else, just the connection of how he's the savior of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Therefore, the he, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a sign to a son, and he will be called Emmanuel. Isaiah 7. Yes. Here's, and then Micah 5. Yeah, two. I like that one. That one. The Lord says, Bethlehem, you might not be an important town in the nation of Judah, but out of you will come a ruler over Israel for me. His family line goes back to the early years of your nation. It goes all the way back to the days of long ago. I think I'm going to read the ESV. I don't, I can't. Let me... Israel, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephraim, though you are small among the clans, is that the one you're reading? Micah 5? Yeah, 2. Okay, yeah. Out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Yeah. And then the fulfillment of that, I like that, is in Matthew 2 when he says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, but out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. I think that's so interesting because they use the word shepherd. It doesn't say that he will be king. He will reign over. Again, that's blasting yes. through that idea of what is a king? A king is a shepherd. He's the lowest of the low. A servant, like you said, servant, like a servant's heart. Mm -hmm. Serving and guiding them, mm -hmm. but still calling them to repent. Yes. Mm. As God, as only God, as God can do. Right. And then um, Hosea 11, 1. Talks about when in Israel, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. And that's referencing we see in Matthew two, when um, an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph after Jesus mm -hmm. was born, and um, sends Joseph and Mary and baby Jesus to Egypt for safety. Oh. And so that is the reference there in Hosea. So even then, knowing the little detail. Little! Again, that's what I was just thinking. Detail so, that I will move him from Bethlehem to Egypt for the safety of yeah. that family. Which all this goes to show, like Mary, she knew her Old Testament. And so when these things are happening, she's not freaking out. She's right. like, well, this is what God said was going to happen. This is, yeah. what the, this is what the text said. 
She believed it. Zechariah 9, 9 says, Rejoice greatly. Again, another small detail. Daughter Zion, shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. I mean, that is such a small little detail. But it's huge. It's so huge because that's what he does. Palm Sunday, right? When you're growing up, you get the palm branches and you know Jesus is coming in and you're seeing Hosanna, Hosanna. And he's coming on a donkey. And if you don't know Zechariah 9.9, you're thinking, okay, that's great. But again, affirming. And hey, it was just a mode of transportation. Yes. But it was more than that. So much more. A fulfillment. It's a fulfillment of God's promises. He keeps his promises. And that is who he is. Mm. That's awesome. Numbers 24.17 says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob, and a scepter shall rise from Israel. And she'll crush the four of Moab. And of course, it's talking about in Matthew 2, the star that came to hang out over where Jesus was born. Hang out, just to linger. Just to linger. Um, To your point too, Genesis 28, 14, the nations will be blessed through Jacob's offspring. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Hmm. So lots, lots and lots and lots. Yes. Psalm 72 talks about the gifts that will be given to him, to the Savior. Um, And we know that, of course, the kings, the wise men come and give gifts. And, of course, also in Psalm 72, it talks about the desert tribes bow before him, like the shepherds will come um, and bow before him as well. So, and then the really sad one is Jeremiah 31, right, where it talks about... Um, Rachel weeping for her children, oh. refusing to be comforted because her children are no more because of um, just the evil of killing all the mm. babies in the land to try to get rid of the one baby that mm-hmm. would change the world mm. and um, how evil that was and just knowing that was coming. Um, uh, that's To me, that's just devastating and heartbreaking and shows the absolute evil of man. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah, Isaiah, all, it's so funny when you read different verses because it's not funny. It's interesting and it's intriguing, yeah. but it all ties from Genesis to Revelations together. Yeah. And so yes, when we it read does. it, it's so affirming. It's so encouraging to go. There's a reason why there's an Old Testament. There's a couple of theologians and people out there that think there's no value in the Old Testament. And that blows my Yeah, mind. I can't imagine that. Can't and so I don't understand, like, even just Genesis. Like, how do you even get anything if you don't mm-hmm. know Genesis really well? Like, yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, that, that blows my mind, too. I don't get that at all. Mm-hmm. Now, they may not like some things in it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I don't like some can, things yeah, in it. We can all say there's things in here that are hard that I will be unpacking for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I don't get them all or understand them all. Um, even some changes that have some things you look at life now and go, but Old Testament connection, like it's just there, it can be a very bewildering place mm-hmm. sometimes, mm-hmm. the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean it's, you throw it out. I mean, no, that's well, that's just bizarre. evil, right? It that's is, the yeah. world. That's the yeah. sin. That's the it's world. It's denial. It's denial yeah. of God as your creator, I think. Well, and it just continues to point back to the second coming. I think that's yeah. where um, so many of us forget that Jesus was born on earth and we celebrate his birth. But there's so much more right. because he's coming back. He is born on earth as a baby 
And yet he comes as a king and he comes back as a king that's going to deliver us from this horrible place. And that's why we get excited about Jesus' birth. Not because it's a birthday party. Yes, it is. But there's so much more. It doesn't stop there. I heard this um, Jewish um, rabbi talk on, he says, in the Western world, you guys, on, on things that happened in the Old Testament, the New Testament, y'all like to check your box. Mm. Like, oh, it happened. It's done. And he was like, us Jews over in the, the Eastern world are like, no, it's going to continue to happen. Like he talks about Ecclesiastes. And he says, it will still, ha- things are still going to happen. It's an ongoing thing. And he goes, so you don't just celebrate Jesus' birth and just continue on. You know that he's coming back and you continue to look for the signs and your eyes are always going, oh, could it be now? Is he coming back now? When is he coming back? And I thought, what if we had that, that view of the world of when is he coming back? Because if he was born, he's coming back. God says, there's a second coming. I'm going to give you, and we're going to talk about this at the end. Um, but that's the excitement. It's not the excitement that he's born. Like you have your kids or your sister has a kid or your neighbors have a kid. And that's fun to celebrate the birth. But the exciting part is, oh, what is he going to do with his life? Yeah. What is that kid? Where is he? What Lord, what are you going to do with him? Yeah. Um, that song, Mary, Did You Know? Did You Know That Your Baby Boy? Uh, oh, gives me chills. It's the best song yeah. ever. Yeah. I mean, because you do. You said it does. And it gives, I mean, it makes me cry. Yeah. To go, did she know? I was texting Jennifer, who we've had on the podcast before. She was like, do you think Mary knew? And I was like, I don't know. I think that's such a fun question to go. How much did she know? What did God shut her eyes to? What did God open her eyes to? What did God soften her heart to as this craziness is going on with her son, her baby boy? Yeah, because there's knowledge and then there's trust. Yeah. And you do. God's calling us to have both. And there's times where we don't have the knowledge and we have to trust. Which is there's why she doesn't say. Because we have the knowledge. Exactly. But, you know, it it is a f- fine line because I think part of it is we don't. We're t- I mean, we will. We do not know when he's coming back. We're not meant to. But at the same time, the excitement of understanding that there's a Savior and yes. the end game is done. Yeah. And we get to wait and trust in that. But then also there's a lot of life left to live here because mm-hmm. there's still amazing work to be done. It's that knowledge and trust balance again. Yeah. And the idea, too, of when we're gone. Yeah. Like when we are gone, there are going to be people on earth that are going to go, oh, all these people that I know, what's the similarity? Oh, they all believed in Jesus. Oh, they all had joy in trial. Oh, they all suffered. Oh, they shared this good news with me. I didn't believe them. They're all gone. Oh, shoot. The next seven years are going to be really bad. <laughs> or wherever you believe. Your pre-trip. <laughs> or the next three and a half. Or, oh my gosh, we just went through seven. Wherever you yeah. fall in that. But that's the reason why we're here is to share that news so that people can go to heaven. I mean, one of my favorite things to say is people is, I want you to go to heaven with me. Like, I like you here on earth. I want you in heaven with me. Like, that's why I'm sharing the good news when people ask, why are you telling people? I know I should probably do better and tell everybody, but I like you a lot. And I want to tell you because I want you in heaven with me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I love you that much that I don't want you to have to go through what we're going to go through. And it's a horrible thing to even think about. But that's why... Jesus came. That's why, what, two, not two-thirds, one-third of the Bible is about prophecy, about Jesus coming back, him, his ministry here, his birth, his ministry, and his coming back. That's a lot. Well, and without, and I think that's what's so weird about hearing people who don't think the Old Testament is as important, because I was like, without the Old Testament, Jesus is just a man. Just a, well, I mean, just, like, there is nothing demonstrating mm-mm. And God is just that this God. God. Had the exa- <laughs> that God had this plan all along and mm-hmm. is pointing to that. And so um, that's just foundational for understanding 
Christmas, even our idea about Christmas and what it is with the birth of Jesus. I mean, we very much westernized this mm-hmm. holiday, right? I mean, it doesn't even fall where Jesus' birth really <laughs> fell. But this is just our time of year where we choose to celebrate when Jesus was born. But even in doing and taking the time out of kind of the busyness of what that means and our fun time with families and parties and everything else, um, there's an amazing celebration because of a gift, but there's also just a, um, I feel like, um, an amazing certainty mm-hmm. about who God is, about him being my creator, even all the things that change, the stuff being around in the world. I do feel really, as the older I get, um, resting the sovereignty of God actually becomes easier mm-hmm. for me. And so I don't, so for any of us, I feel like this time of year, I hope that it's more than just reading the Christmas story. I hope it's being able to rest and to find joy and to trust in the sovereignty of God Mm -hmm. and um, not um, trust in what man can accomplish here. Mm. Don't do that. Or what we can do. But yeah. Unfortunately, I think it's what we fall on all the time. We fall in that trap all the time, though, because we're very, God made us to be very accomplished people. (laughs) Very accomplished? Accomplished. Accomplished people. People. So we we have to be careful we don't worship that a little bit by accident. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, okay, so we are going to read as we wrap up. Um, This has been a joy, Christy. Thank you for thinking of this idea. This has been fun. Um, We're going to read... Um, parts of Matthew 1. Is that where you're going? Matthew 1. So the first part of Matthew is the genealogy. So yeah. 1 through 17 has lots of big names that I'm not going to be able to say well. So um, I do think it is interesting that Matthew does point to four different women in the Bible that are in his lineage of Jesus coming. Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Mary. I thought there were actually five for some reason. Um, but that is from 1 to 17. So we're not going to read all those hard words, but I am going to pick up in one eighteen, and then just um, keep going until John the Baptist prepares the way. Um, so I'm not real good yeah. at reading, so I'm going to go ahead and apologize, and y'all bear with me. So um, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quickly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin will conceive or shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but now, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him assembled all the chief priests 
and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. I love that little detail. Mm -hmm. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. That's another interesting verse. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. When now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that had been ascertained from the wise men. Then then was fulfilled that what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentations, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to the dream in Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judah in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew from the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. And that is the story from Matthew. That's awesome. Close with Luke 2, um, 1 through 21. Here we go. In those days, a decree, went, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius, the governor of Syria, and all went to be registered each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to his firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Mm. And I think we're going to leave it there. We're okay. So everybody, that's it from us, the special edition from Noisy Narratives. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, we're going to take the next couple of weeks off. We'll see you in January. And um, have a great and wonderful and very merry and joyful Christmas. We love y'all. Bye. Watch what happens now.